630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. Well, Father's Day is coming up on Sunday. Just a gentle reminder if you have yet to uh, make sure you have a card and or a little gift for your father. I don't want to spoil it for uh, my dad, but I hope you got room for a third dog in the house. Oh, I'm joking. I'm not getting my dad another dog. Uh, So we're going to do what we did last year at Inside Sports leading up to Father's Day. We're going to have some segments where we feature uh, an athlete or athletes and and their dad or or an athlete or athlete uh, who is a dad and and his kids. And we kind of have a combination here. Uh, In studio, we have Brian Benning, former NHL defenseman, Abby Benning from the uh, U of A Pandas hockey team who are going to pop on in a few minutes. And from your Edmonton Oilers coming off a very fine rookie season defenseman Matthew Benning. Welcome to the 630 Chet Studio, Matt. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks a lot for coming in. How's your off season going? It's been good so far. Uh took a couple weeks off and um ramping it back up. It's already my third week and working out and we're at, we're at the rink and there's a few few other guys there and a few prospects, so we got a good group of guys. So where are you skating? No, no skating yet, uh but we will be skating at the community rink uh I know this week coming up, and if so you're working out at the rink, I thought yeah, yeah, you're not yeah. jumping on the ice at all. Yeah, no skating yet. It's just a little bit early. We'll do some shooting and stuff like that. I think this week we're going to shoot on the U of A goalies, uh, just just for some extra stuff. Um, but it's uh, it's me, Talbot, and uh, Latestu at, uh, at at the rink there, so we have everything that we need. Okay. Do you watch the playoffs once you were out? Uh, at fir- at first, I did a little bit just because I wanted the Ducks to be out. Um, <laughs> But, uh, no, recently, I mean, I haven't really been watching it. I I turned on the game last night uh, to watch a little bit of it. But uh, I took my time off and kind of got my mind away from hockey and that sort of thing. So, um, but if it's on, I'll flip it on. You wanted the Ducks to be out, spoken like a true Edmontonian. You have no idea how much of that I heard over the last uh, last couple of weeks. Do, do I dare ask about playing against Ryan Kessler and Ryan Getzloff? Oh, you know what? I mean... Uh, to be honest, I didn't I didn't play against them that much. Uh, they uh, they had uh, Russell and Sikara and uh, Clefbaum and Larson on them most of the time. So I got the the third and fourth liners. And uh, but just from being on the ice and and kind of knowing what happens on the ice, so there was a little bit of uh, hatred for a few of the players on that team. What what stings the most about the the Ducks? Series is it just the the fact that you lost it? Is it only being able to get the one goal in Game Seven? Is it how Game Five ended? I mean, what's the biggest uh, sticking point that motivates you for next year? Uh, I think it's a combination. I think that obviously we didn't we didn't close Game Five the right way, and um, I mean, just just knowing how close we were to to moving on to the next round, um, and I mean, it, it's just a it could have been a factor of one or one goal in in one of the games, and we could have moved forward. So, I know for us it was it was a good playoff series. I mean, we got a lot of young guys and not much experience. So, moving forward next year, we'll have a lot more experience and kind of know know what to expect. 
Look, I just want to frame this first by saying I'm not trying to bait you to criticize refs or, or you know, put you in a situation where you're complaining about something you can't control. Uh, but Game 5 ended tough for two reasons. You guys blew the three-goal lead. And to me, the replay showed on the tying goal that Kessler should have been called for goalie interference for grabbing Talbot's pad, my opinion. Uh, and I know some guys were upset about it after the game. Having said that, it's not like they came out and scored 20 seconds into overtime and you guys just wilted. It went all the way into double overtime. I, I thought you had the Oilers had better chances in the first overtime, and then Perry wound up scoring. What happened in that overtime intermission when you like you guys obviously know well that was terrible i mean two really bad things you blew the lead you had a tough call what what happened in the overtime intermission that allowed you to come out and still play pretty well in the ot and and take it into a second ot yeah i think that uh our younger guys were kind of just kind of in awe what what just happened and and for a few of us we were just just thinking like you know what the game's not over we got we got a game to still go win and i think that's where our leadership group came in and uh did a good job starting with our coach he came in right away usually he gives us a 10 15 minute break in the locker room uh he came in right away kind of calmed us down um and then the older guys in the locker room are the guys that have been there for a little bit like luch and and testy and those older guys they've they kind of calmed us down and and we took a few minutes at the beginning to just kind of soak it in but then we forgot about it and and moved on okay so here's my stupid question because i've never played in the nhl does somebody like make a joke does somebody maybe act a little mad or do you just uh, i mean <laughs> in the, in that situation we didn't really joke around but some of the other games i know in the first round when we lost bad to uh well maybe even in the second round yeah. we lost pretty bad uh I mean, a couple of the guys joked around about only losing by a touchdown, but uh, it's just little things like that. I mean, you got to keep the, the the mood light, and and I mean, when you're thinking about things too much, that's that's when you get the stick too hard, or or you make a play that you normally you normally don't make. So I think that's kind of attributed to our to our older guys in the locker room. We got a bunch of guys that can lighten the mood, and then there's a few guys in there that kind of keep us on the on the railroad tracks. What was important for you as 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 a rookie to to fit in on a team with two of the best young players in the league? First of all, with McDavid and Drysdale, who get tons of attention, and then you mentioned you know the established guys, Lucic, Latestu, Maroon. Obviously, grew, grew grew quite a following here. How do how do you as a as a new player? What was important for you to do to, to fit into that bunch? Well, I think. I mean, you get there for a reason. For me, it was I, I realized. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious that we have um, a good group of forwards that can do do a lot with the puck. So for me, um, it, I thought my job was was pretty simple. All you got to do is just move the puck up to those guys, regardless of where they're on the ice. Uh, they'll do something with it. So I think that that was a little bit of it. And and I mean, for me, just kind of learning off those guys, talking to those guys in the locker room. Um, do you, what do you, what do you guys look for in the offensive zone so I can defend better? Just just kind of picking their brains a little bit and defending them in practice, especially though Connor and Leon. I mean, they're they're two different players, and in that sense, Connor will beat you with speed, where Leon's strong um, and protects the puck. So it was, it was kind of good to just just play those guys uh, in the, in practice and and talk to them. Your season started, uh, you know, pretty early with the the, the uh, rookie tournament in Penticton, which is where you and I first met, and you were really good there. And I remember one of my first questions to you was, 
about the physicality and you basically were like well yeah obviously i love it like i i, I want to crush guys it's not exactly how you put it <laughs> that's the message so i got <laughs> uh and then you uh you went through the preseason. what did you play two games in the myers yeah and then you got called up and then it, it took a few games but eventually you got in and then basically you were in the lineup except for a brief injury and maybe a couple nights you were scratched to to get a rest when did you really feel like an nhler or did you ever that's a good question <laughs> i mean I think it was in the month of November we we had a bunch of games that and we had a cup we had a long road trip and um I mean if there was one moment that I would I would say it was when uh, Milan Lucic came up to me and kind of shook my hand and said congratulations you've made it uh and and that, that was pretty special to me but I think about probably about game 20 um for me uh when you go game to game especially those first 20 games I I was like, holy smokes, I'm playing against uh, Sidney Crosby. I'm playing against all these guys I grew up watching. But then you kind of reali- you kind of realize and pick up on the things that they do and, and how to defend that. And, and I mean, you're there for a reason, too. You do, you do things well. So, um, I mean, for me, it was it, at first I was kind of in awe about <laughs> the players I was playing against. And then I, I kind of realized around game 20 that, hey, I can play. I can defend these guys. So that was a moment. When did Lucic do that with the handshake? Was that after you played a few games, or when you? No, were that was. It, I mean, it was after our kind of rookie dinner thing, and and uh, he he kind of went up to all the guys, and I mean that was just one moment for me, no. um, especially a guy like him. He he doesn't speak a lot, especially to. Uh, I, I mean, me kind of. He's he kind of keeps to his own unless you go to him. So I mean, that was a real special moment for okay, me. Yeah, I got to ask you this. I could tell you this in terms of interviews, but I can't tell you this in terms of when it's just the guys in the dressing room. So give us give us a little peek here. Who's the who's the chattiest guy on the team? <laughs> well, it depends. If it's before practice, definitely Cassian. He'll go around. He'll go around the room, picking on each guy about ten minutes on each guy, and then after practice, everyone's. I don't know, maybe hungry or hangry or pissed off, and they'll go and attack him, and then he's all sour about it. So, uh, I'd say I'd say Cassian. I mean, Hendricks Hendricks did a good job in the locker room. He's he's a good guy, and and he's a really funny guy too. Um, we had probably three or four guys who were always chatting, and those guys would always pick on each other. So it was good. We I'd kind of just sit in the weeds and listen to it and laugh. Right, you gotta get a few years in, then yeah. you can then you can uh, be a little sharper. I always thought Maroon when the media would walk in. Almost every day, no matter what, even if Big David wasn't in the room, he'd be like, "Connor, where's Connor? Everybody wants Connor." Sometimes yeah. like, "No, we don't want Connor today." But yeah, he's he's definitely a guy. He'll 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 say whatever's on his mind. So, I mean, like I said, there's a few guys. All right, we're gonna have uh, more people join in. Matthew Benning, Oilers defenseman, is here with his sister Abby and his dad Brian. We'll keep the uh, hockey and family talk going when we get back. Inside Sports on Chet. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. This uh, NBA game is just starting. They're showing the celebrities in the crowd at, uh, what are they called, Oracle Arena. They got uh, Chris Rock, comedian. Sean Diddy Combs. More am I saying that right? That sounds right Wasn't he Puff Daddy? Yeah, then he was P. Diddy. And, and he now Sean, he's Sean Diddy Combs. Uh, he was also Sean Puffy Combs at one point. Oh, wow. Maybe I should change my name annually like that. Could be, you know, Reed R. Dog Wilkins. How does that sound? Reed. Uh, not good, eh? Diddy Wilkins. <laughs> and uh, Snoop Dogg. 
I guess you could say, bringing a new high to the game. He's, he's also in attendance. <laughs> Thanks a lot for tuning in Inside Sports on 6.30. Chet, I'm turning on all three guest microphones. You already heard from Oilers defenseman Matthew Benning, his father, former NHL defenseman Brian Benning, also in studio. Hello again, Brian. Hello, hello. Thanks for coming back in and uh, making her first in-studio appearance on Inside Sports, though you were on the phone during the season from the U of A Pandas. Uh, do you prefer, I didn't even ask, do you prefer Abby or Abigail? Abby's good. Abby's yeah. good. Uh, was this your first year on the team? Second. Second year, and you won nationals. Yes, we did. In overtime. Come in a little closer to the mic so people can hear you better. That's good. <laughs> uh, so that was that that overtime game? Yeah, it was, double overtime. What was it like playing in that for the national title? Lots of butterflies. I thought I was going to throw up. <laughs> But no, it was, it was great. It really, it got the girls to step up, and it was awesome that a rookie got the goal. So it was. We have a, we had a young team, so we didn't really expect to get there. So we were just winning balls out. And <laughs> <laughs> were you on the ice when the puck went in? No, I was on the bench. Actually, I was turned around. I was getting talked to by a coach, and then all of a sudden I saw my coach jumping up and down, and his hands were in the air, and I couldn't believe we scored. Wow. And I heard, I heard it was kind of, uh, when I saw the video, I think a few players, even who were watching, didn't really see it because of the angle it went in. It's all of a sudden, oh, we won. Yeah. Well, we, we saw the hands go up. And then a group of us, we didn't even know where to go. I went to the goalie. Half of us went to the girl who scored. So we had like two big piles. And then we all had to run over to the other end. And we didn't even have time to rip helmets off. It was just overwhelming. Uh, Brian, you went, didn't you? Was that, the, where was it? Thunder yeah. Bay? Kingston. Kingston, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was really exciting. The first time I've been to Kingston, and, you know, the group of girls overachieved. You know, they come in a uh, little bit short on the Westerns, but yet, played real well but then when they got over there uh you know they they beat the second and third ranked teams so it was really good all right so it's it's been a, a, a for if you're for your former nhl defenseman what's was this last season specifically like for you as uh as a hockey dad uh, i mean you got you got another son in his teens who's got a bright future you got matthew who made the nhl abby finished off the season is now was this a bit of a pinch yourself yeah it was a dad? obviously a great uh great year for the bennings you know for matt getting there and then you know and lots of hard work and it's paid off and you know gone to college and you know kind of honed those skills that he needed to work on and then getting that opportunity and making the most of it you know and then get to abby you know matt gets a lot of attention but then abby wins nationals right so uh you know great opportunity there and even for her that team got better and better you know had a little bit of a rough road to start but gelled got together and uh i'm gonna say overachieved at the end and and played extremely well to win the championship all right so uh matt you shoot right obviously abby which way do you shoot i'm a righty all right so brian you told the story when the kids were pretty little yeah. And you gave them the stick. You just sort of suggested to hold it right-handed. You didn't force it if they were left. But were you guys even? Do you even remember that? You have that memory? No, I mean I. I don't even remember that. But I turned maybe twelve or thirteen, and I was kind of putting, trying to put the pieces together. Like my dad's left, all of his brothers are left, and then we're all right. Uh, what's going on here? So. Well, mom's and, right. Oh. Or no, mom's left. Yeah. Yeah, mom's left, so I think... So the story behind it is we had a really nice mini stick, right-handed, curved, and Matt was the first one, and, and then the other one that we had 
was an ugly woody straight uh, and we pretended that that one was left and then so you know the kids grabbed the nicer one and the way they went now <laughs> Matt was a little bit of a, a meanie because I remember we were in our first household and he put Ab, put the pads on Abby and was shooting was shooting at her and Abby had all this goalie well we go out to the hockey rink and, and all of a sudden we got no potatoes in the garbage can anymore well, Matt shooting potatoes at Abby <laughs> on the outdoor ring, oh <laughs> and, and so you know, there's stories like that that exist out there, right? But well, did you not have any foam pucks? <laughs> I, I was too young to remember this. <laughs> I think I got hit in the head I mean. with one too many potatoes because I don't remember either. Oh, all right. So only Brian remembers the potato puck story from the uh, Benning household. Uh, well. Maybe they need to start making the pucks shaped like potatoes, and your your goal scoring <laughs> yeah, will, will go up even higher. Get a few more goals. Yeah. So we got a bit of a Father's Day theme, and we're going to discuss a, a lot of stuff. But uh, Brian, I'll ask you this, and then I'll, then I'll ask the kids in the next half hour. What do you think your biggest impact as a dad has been on on their hockey life? Well, I think from a standpoint of coaching, it, it's coaching the game, and, and I call the game hockey IQ. So being able to, you know, digest, uh, you know, say if it's a power play, are they playing a box? Let's go to an umbrella. Uh, if the opposition has poor defense or weaker defense, let's set up a power play down low. So the IQ of the game, making plays, how are they forechecking? Identify those types of things. So a couple philosophies we would have is always to make a play. Uh, you know, as a defenseman, you know, rimming the puck is uh, the last chance it's actually a swear word but you know find a direct pass find the centerman go back d to d you know maybe you can find open ice so you know those are the types of things that you know i did as a player i was taught i got a lot of you know uh you know uh, even playing with wayne gretzky he made the comment where do you, i asked him where do you want me he says you find the opening i'll find you so as opposed don't be a robot but it's a read it's find the openings take your time and space so that's what I tried to relay to the kids from a standpoint of, you know, get your head up and process. Yeah, great advice. More with the Bennings, Brian, Matt, and Abby when we get back inside sports on Chet. This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Rebound second. Crossed it up for Benning. Waiting. Wrist shot. Score! And the Oilers get a tip in front. And Corey Schneider has finally been beaten. All right. January 7th. First NHL goal for Matthew Benning, who's in studio with his sister Abby and his dad Brian as we kick off Father's Week here on Inside Sports on 630. Ched. Matthew, that was it. Big moment. You still got the puck? Oh, yeah, I got the plaque and everything. Funny thing is, it was pretty controversial. We didn't know if I got it straight in or if Hendo tipped it, but Hendo being the stand-up guy he is, I think even if he said he tipped it or even if he know he tipped it, he said no. So uh, it, was, it, was a good, it was a big moment for me. Uh, I believe that was a Saturday game in New Jersey because Latestu scored an overtime on the power play. Yep, yep. Abby, you were probably playing then with the Pandas, or did you get to see it live? No, I didn't see it live. No. When did you find out that he'd scored? I got a text from mom after one of my games, and then I looked at the replay on the app, and then I texted you. Yeah, yeah, I remember her text. Uh, I got a bunch of texts that night, but I, I remember 
most most especially family members that that sent it over to me. Brian, did you see it live? Yeah, we were watching the game. And were you sure he got it? Yeah. Because I remember that. I think they even might have given it to Hendricks for a second too. Well, yeah, they, they, I think they weren't sure, and then they changed it to Hendricks, or you they, know. Uh, originally, I think they gave it to me. Then during the game, they changed it to Hendricks because after the game, uh, I think on the score sheet it maybe maybe said Hendricks, but then they reviewed it, uh, and then I ended up getting it, and so it was, it was kind of up in the air. But like I said, Hendricks Hendricks said you got it, so. All right, so I asked uh, I asked Brian his what he thought his biggest impact was on, on your hockey lives. I want to ask, I'll start with you, Abby. What is your dad's biggest impact on, on your hockey career? Um, I think he knows what our strengths are, and he really encourages us to emphasize that. Uh, for me, I'm a small defenseman, so for me it's my speed, um, my playmaking. Our whole family is pretty much playmaking. My dad, uh, just getting your head up before... If you're going around the net, getting your head up before you turn that corner just to see your options, um, crisp passes, no fluttery ones, <laughs> just uh, just the basics, just mastering the basics, and then going from there. So, how uh, what what level of hitting is there in the uh, in women's youth uh, sports hockey? Uh, well, they say there's none, but <laughs> I would I would argue that there's definitely some physicality to it. Um, a lot of people say there's no hitting in girls hockey, but there's definitely some physical play. So. And are you? Uh, do you ever partake? I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Matt's nodding. <laughs> I've been in a few games, and I'm like, she's going in the corner with a bigger girl, and I'm like, oh, watch out, Abby. And then all of a sudden, she, she this little, this little one comes out of the corner, and the other one's on her butt. I'm like, oh, I, that's my sister. I get, I get away with a little more just because of my height. I can throw some more weight into oh, it. Oh, so you're like, hey, I'm just defending myself. Yeah, I'm what like, this girl's like five inches taller than me. I didn't do anything. Are you one but... of the smallest players in Canada West? Probably. Yeah. How tall are you? I'm five foot one. All she right. plays a small card there where she can go in and, and <laughs> hit, and then, oh, it's just little me, you know. Little center of gravity. You just yeah, there's a few of us. the girls straight-legged. There's a few <laughs> of us. There's a couple forwards that are also pretty small, so. All right, Matthew, what's Brian's biggest impact on your hockey career? I think, like he said, uh, he coached me growing up until I was Bantam, and, and for me it was kind of finding that middle pass. Um, at that, at growing up, those the, the the four checks and and uh, coverages would always take away the wingers. And for me, just looking at trying to find the centermen and generally speaking, the best players, especially at that young age, are centermen. You get mm-hmm. to touch the puck more. You get to win, or you get to you're all over the ice. So I think that was a huge thing for me. Um, um, one other thing he uh, he didn't really touch on is just the angling part of it, um, whether it's mm-hmm. skating forwards to defend or, or, I mean now especially in, in, I mean I think it's in every every level of hockey, but especially in the NHL, it's all about closing quickly, and not allowing those guys to have time and space, and um, a lot of people ask like, oh, how where, how did you hit that guy so hard? Well, I'm, I just say, hey, I I got a good gap. I'm, I'm angling well. If he if he decides he wants to try to cut back, I just keep skating and 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 that's kind of what I've done the whole year. And um, whether it's defending in the corner, going in a guy one on one, or 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 getting a gap uh, in the neutral zone, um, it, it's it sets up for for good things. Either you get up in the play um, offensively and, and make a play, and then if if it turns over, then you already have a good gap. So. 
Um, those geez, are you got quite things. the lessons here from Brian. This is, I mean, uh, geez, Brian, I knew you were moderately intelligent, but I guess I got to upgrade. <laughs> but, but no, that's that's fascinating, and I mean, that's that's cool that you had all that NHL caliber knowledge that, and and that your kids were willing to take it in yeah. too, right? Well, and we were able we were able to translate that, and at the time, maybe they didn't think of it like, you know, know your options, have one or two or three. What did you see? I, I know as coaches, I'd ask some kids, "What did you see?" And some guys were honest. I didn't see past my my skate laces, <laughs> you know. <laughs> some guys, you know, it's a movie. Some guys, it's Gone with the Wind. Some guys, it's Poltergeist. So you got to ask, what's on the movie screen for some players right as but then you know what we would always say is you need to know what you're doing with the puck before you get it and it's yeah. tough to relay that when you're playing Adam and peewee and Bantam but by the time you're playing midget and junior and college and pro you don't have time um, you know another thing is you got to carry the puck if you're uh, shooting right at 12 uh, two o'clock if you shoot left it's 10 o'clock why because you can shoot or pass from that angle. Mm-hmm. Some guys carry it at 12, then they got to move it to the side, then they got to make the play times up. So you were already teaching them s- things that help with the split seconds you need, uh, you know, NHL high level, obviously U sports high level for Canadian hockey. So so you were you were already refining it. Put the puck it. in a place that you're going to grow with it as you play higher hockey, but you spend your your time or your horsepower of your brain processing the play. Right, and that's the biggest thing is you know hockey IQ. Matthew, I, I had last year as part of this feature, read Mark Latestu and his dad Garth in studio, so that was, that was pretty fun. I asked Mark this question, uh, you know, just about you know being a, an oiler at, at when you're out in public. I mean, now people see you. I assume you, you get recognized, and uh, you're also subject to all the. Uh, joys and criticisms that can come with being a, a pro hockey player in a, in a hockey mad market. How, how have you uh, dealt with that? Some of the scrutiny, the, the, the fanatic, is, is it ever, ever tough, you know, always being an oiler, even sometimes when you might just be out, uh, you know, with friends or trying to have a personal life? I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know if I can notice that much uh, out in public, but I mean, it's, I know going back to St. Albert, uh, there's a few kids that I think look up to me now. Just kind of, I went through up uh, or went through minor hockey there, and and um, I mean, I I'd consider myself a late bloomer. Kind of went to junior A, played hockey there. I was kind of like Latestu, went and played junior hockey, and then went to college, and then um, made my opportunity. So um, I think part of that is 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 part of the job. Um, if I'm by myself, I don't think too many people recognize who I am, but I'm with <laughs> some other guys, then uh, then it's a different story. But, um, I mean, just being from Edmonton, there's a lot of people that are just proud, especially on the season that we had. And, and I think people are just excited, obviously, that we made the playoffs, but excited about a young team that uh, can can do good things. Did I ever ask you about uh, 83? <laughs> Maybe. I think of what everyone at What's the story again? Uh, you know what? I just got that number in training camp, and I kind of went through training camp, and and I just kept it. And then the regular season kind of came around, and I didn't want to be that that pesty rookie going up to the trainers and pulling on his arms, just saying, "Hey, can I get a new number?" So, um, I mean, I'm keeping the number for next year. I know some of the some of the rookies are going to change their numbers, but for oh, me, like who? This is a scoop. <laughs> I guess we'll get him. Get away. McDavid's not going to change. No. <laughs> no. 
too, too many jerseys out there. So. All right, uh, 743. got to take a quick time. I want to talk uh, more with you guys. So we were debating earlier uh, with some of the uh, uh, listeners. Is, is Crosby a top five player of all time? Especially Brian, I want to get your opinion because you played in a pretty high-scoring era with a lot of uh, great guys from that, from that time. I can tell you, Golden State leading Cleveland 33-32, final minute of the first quarter, game five of the NBA Finals. The scoreboard for Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, call 310-GLASS today. We're coming right back with the Bennings on Inside Sports. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. So Mike Riley and the Eskimos against Winnipeg on Thursday. We'll have it for you on 6.30, Chet. 5 o'clock pregame show, kickoff at 6.30. I'm kind of doubting Mike Riley plays in that game, but uh, we'll see. I think he is uh, solidly entrenched as the Eskimos starting quarterback. The first game on June 24th at Montreal, home opener June... Or pardon me, at BC, home opener June 30th against... Montreal. All right. My name is Reed Wilkins. We have Brian Benning, former Oiler, former NHL defenseman uh, in studio. Abby Benning, his daughter from the national champion U of A Pandas hockey team. And Matthew Benning from your Edmonton Oilers. All checking in. Guys, thanks again for coming in. Father's Day week as we get rolling here. Uh, Father's Day on Sunday. So we were talking earlier in the show. To me, and I'll start with Brian as you're the senior member of our panel. That's the old goat. <laughs> I, I, like, I, I think it, it's it's relatively, uh, I don't want to say easy because it's a tough debate, but I think Gretzky, Orlam, you and Howe would be a pretty fair consensus on the top four NHL players of all time. Yep. I'd it, agree. As Crosby wormed his way in there as number five already, uh, Lafleur, Richard, Lidstrom, Hasek or Brodeur or Waugh if you want a goalie. I mean... Well, and that's the tough part. Where do the goalies fit in? I think Sid's done an unbelievable job in what he's done with winning in his career, whether it's Olympics or or wherever he's been. this year elevates him higher. He's definitely 5-10. to You know what I mean? I didn't see Beliveau um, well, that's the hard part, right? It, that's the hard part of the the stuff of, you know, you could see tape of of some of them, but it just wasn't as dynamic a player, you know, and, and that type of stuff. And, you know, what Sid has done in both of leadership and scoring and, and wherever he's done, there's leadership involved in winning uh, at, at all levels. And, you know, he's done a great job. So he, he moves up higher and higher with more... Uh, when he has more championships. We hope uh, in 10 years or so, Connor McDavid's in that conversation. I mean, clearly he's on a short list of the best players in the league right now. Matthew, what's it like to play and, and practice with McDavid on a daily basis? I mean, he, it's pretty special. I mean, I, we, don't, we don't practice a whole lot, uh, especially as the season goes on, but you see the stuff that you do and he does in the games, and, and you especially, I mean, it's pretty obvious his speed. Um, he, he's so fast, but... What people don't realize too is his hands move just as fast as his feet do, which is incredible. Um, so he, he surprises guys on the bench all the time. We look at each other and just shake our heads and what well, what was that all about? I, <laughs> I mean, we we don't know where it comes from, but uh, I think it's it's part partly to do with uh, his how he works. He works so hard. Um, whether it's practice or optional practice, he's, he's, he's there working hard and working at your game. And one thing that I've learned um, just over this year is, is there's some players that are, that, are, that are good at a specific 
trait, whether it's skating or passing or shooting. And and some people might think, oh, well, they don't need to work on that anymore. Uh, just um, just like skills and practice and that sort of thing. But those guys work super hard at those. And then on top, um, the other the other. Uh, aspects of their game so I mean that's one thing that I picked on but uh, that's the thing the, the quest to improve never ends yeah right? exactly the top, the top guys are so driven right yeah. and so focused they're getting they're getting chased by other guys to, to be the be the best and, right like Cros- what was it his third best. or fourth year Crosby didn't win the cup and then score the Olympic goal and think well I've done enough right he wants yeah. he wants his be Abby who was uh, your favorite player growing up or now well besides Matt <laughs> Um, Did you have somebody you liked watching or cheered for? I didn't ha- really have a favorite player. Um, I always liked the Oilers growing up. I mean, my dad played on the Oilers, mm-hmm. and, um, but I never really had a favorite player, no. Matt, what about you? <sighs> I mean, I was always a Lidstrom, Lidstrom fan. He was always, um, I mean, he won championships. He was a leader. He was, he, he made simple plays. He was, um, he was an impact in every game. Um, I think as I got, I mean, that was when I was young. I think when I got older, I think it was Drew Doughty. I kind of wanted to shape my game around him. Right. I thought he did all all the things the right way, defend and, and produce offensively and play those big minutes. And that's how I think, um, I mean, that's how I want to play is contribute in all situations. Brian, we were talking to I mean, so, I mean you and I have touched on this a bit before, but it's, it's pretty cool. You played uh, with Gretzky in L.A., with Brett Hall, and Adam Oates in St. Louis, and for Durko was Gilmore. a high score. Yeah, and Ed Gilmore, Gilmore. Yeah. Uh, with Lindros for a couple of years in Philly. Yeah. Uh, who are we missing? Well, that's a pretty good list right there. <laughs> we could, we could. Well, those are the top guys, and then other guys: L.A. Uh, Dave Taylor, Larry Robinson. Uh, you know, character guys: John Tanelli, uh, Tom Laidlaw. You know, uh, Brian Scrudlin in Florida, you know, Johnny Van Beesbrook, uh, you know, so, you know, every team has good players and you're going to have them, but it's it's the character ones that you kind of remember. And, you know, there's a good Larry Robinson story is uh, he's 40 years old and he's at that time that he was 20 years. He was and we're in an exhibition game and he tells the guy from Czechoslovakia, OK, I'm 40. I got the front of the net in our zone. You take the left defense and you have to play right defense right so we go out in an exhibition Larry's in front of the net and this guy's chasing side to side coach Tommy Webster comes in between periods and he's yelling and screaming what the heck is going on got a defenseman playing both corners right so you know those are kind of the funny things that you take out of the game and they're just good stories down the road what uh, I'll ask you this because that's a, a huge you know, and sometimes I would even get like, my God, people are using the word so much, I don't know what it means anymore. But the Oilers had a, had a tough decade, and I, well, they have a losing culture. They have a losing culture. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. what does that mean? And then, you know, well, Taylor Hall must be a cancer, some people would say. And I'm like, well, hold on. The roster's not that great. Like, let's not pin a, a, an alleged attitude problem on, on one guy. But having, you know, been in the NHL and on different teams, Brian, tell us about the effect of trust or getting along things like that i mean you have to have talent to play but that others there's lots of talent there but 
it's when you're willing to to play for each other, um, you know, share the credit and uh, those types of things. Yeah, culture's a part of it, but you know what? Winning solves a lot of that too, right? right? And um, okay, but I'm not asking you to name names, but you must. Did you ever have teammates that you just like, man, this guy is a drag? Yeah, or there's some uh, bad teammates uh, out there. Absolutely, there is. Right? And what? Okay, so what is that? Is it he doesn't share the credit? He's not going to take a hit to get you the puck? Is it he doesn't listen to the coach? Yeah, it's normal just selfishness in yeah. most cases there are bad teammates there's there's a third of, we used to say there's a third of the team that you'd go to dinner with a third that you can give or take and a third that you tell the guy that we're leaving at 6 30 and we all met in the in the lobby at six and we took <laughs> off right so right. you know what i mean that that but that's like that at, at any work and when you want to work together you win together right and so you have to create that culture and it's having fun and it's working for each other and sacrifice and you know if you know you know if you if the wingers aren't paying the price to to compete with the puck on the boards in your zone you know uh, you don't have to win the battle but you just can't give up the battle right, right. well and i think that's the ultimate thing if if a guy maybe doesn't have the personality that you want to joke around with over dinner yeah. But if you see him, okay, he's taking a pounding, so we get the puck out. That's probably the ultimate thing, eh? Absolutely, and that's that's part about being a good teammate, you know, but there's other times that they're bad teammates, right? And so, uh, you know what I mean? And that's, you know, higher-ups' job to figure that out and what's going on and, you know, go from there, right? But you want to be a good teammate. You want to contribute. Uh, nobody doesn't want to do good out there on a team, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to do good. So it's not an effort thing. It's just how do we channel that energy towards uh, being a contributor? Abby, uh, I mean, I went to the U of A. I still like following the sports teams. Uh, how do you like balancing athletics and uh, and the course load? Was that challenging at first, or how did you learn to do that? Yeah, the first year is for sure challenging. Uh, second year, kind of got the hang of it, kind of learned from the older girls. Like You really have to have a schedule and follow that, and I actually found it uh, easier to keep up with school during the year because I had a set schedule of when right. I had to do all my stuff. When the season was over, I was like, I have so much time, and then <laughs> the deadline creeps up on you real quick. What are you studying? Let people know. Uh, I'm in education now. All right. What yeah. uh, What ideally or who ideally do you want to teach? Uh, elementary. So Little kids. Little guys. Little yeah. kids. All right. Uh, Matt, what's up for you for the next couple of weeks here? Just keep work training and getting it, some rest? Yeah, I think... Uh, I mean, now the kind of um, my vacation's over. It's kind of just getting uh, meals, my meals uh, intact in and making sure I'm eating the right things and doing the things off the ice, kind of getting me ready for next year. Um, so, um, I mean, just like any other player around, uh, that's kind of what I'm doing. And I think it's nice being, being from Edmonton. I can use the resources uh, at the rink, um, basically have everything for me there. And then um, my family's around. So, I mean, the season is, is a long season, and um, it's, it's, it's a nice time now to catch up with grandparents and family and, and aunts and uncles and cousins, so uh, just just balancing that. I'm really glad you all came in. This was a great start to uh, Father's Week here on, on, on Inside Sports. Uh, Matt, we got plenty of texts from people who uh, enjoyed uh, watching you with the Oilers, Abby. We got people congratulating you on your national title, and we got uh, people just saying they're glad Brian came in. Hey, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Benning, Matt Benning, Abby Benning in studio. Inside Sports on 630 Ched. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. 
the studio producer, Warren Mulvey. I'm back at 6 tomorrow night. Thanks so much for listening. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.